I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 64. And you just heard no introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Except for the one we did. And we suck. So, uh, So we know that we have some amazing people on Patreon that that is one of the benefits of their tier that they don't want. So be looking out in the Facebook group because we are going to do a post soon for a drawing to give away some introductions. Okay, y'all, let's hop right into these stories. The first one is called All Aboard the Nope Train to Fuck That Shitville. Already love it. That sounds, that should be a ride at Disney World. (laughs) You know what that was? That was, it's a small world when I sprained my ankle the first fucking ride I rode. Like ever in Disney World. First day, first ride, right? Well, Technically, no, because we did do the... um, Monorail? (laughs) No, we walked our fat asses over there, okay? (laughs) We did. And I was like, you said it was close. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, we did the Buzz Lightyear, like, pew, 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 Mm. pew, pew, pew. Hello, you lovely extra large pizzas. Your girl is a fellow stuffed crust, too, so I appreciate the term so much. Oh, Good. I'm 25. I don't know why it took me so long to get into listening to podcasts, but now I can't stop. And I heard about the gym that is a Paranormal Chicks from a shout out from the Let's Not Meet podcast, if I'm not mistaken. I love y'all's podcast. I listen all day at work, like plenty of fellow creepsters, at my desk while I make medical supplies. So picture it. I'm about seven years old having a sleepover at a friend's house. We'd been watching The Simpsons in her living room, and I suppose I fell asleep on the couch while watching because when I woke up, the TV was still playing, my friend had gone to her bed to sleep, and I was all dazed and groggy, wiping the drool from my cheek. I looked at the clock her mom had sitting on a wooden piano, and it was around 2 a.m. I had just grabbed the remote from the arm of the couch and shut off the TV and was about to get up and go into my friend's room to climb into bed with her when I freeze, dead in my tracks. Because there is a tall, broad-shouldered man with some sort of blue aura surrounding him Mm -mm. walking across her living room into her kitchen. I said, hell to the (laughs) gnaw-gnaw. I had to walk right past where he did to get to the safe zone of my friend's bedroom. Mm -mm. And I was scared shitless. I literally pissed my shorts standing in the middle of her living room. Luckily, they had hardwood floors, so I wiped up the little bit of a puddle, hand-washed my shorts and undies in the sink, and hastily, as my little seven-year-old self could move, and threw them in the dryer. I changed and ran, which a bitch hated doing. I had asthma and have always been fat and sassy, into, we'll call her Nini's room. The next morning, when Nini's mom woke us up for breakfast, she noticed I wasn't wearing pants, just undies, and asked what happened. I told Nini and her mom that I had spilled apple juice on myself and threw the shorts in the dryer, careful not to out myself that I was scared out of my mind. They laughed and didn't even question it. I've always been hella clumsy. Then I asked Nini's mom if she knew a tall, broad-shouldered man with a headdress on that walked through her living room the night before. She told me she wasn't sure of his name, but she knew that their house had been built over an ancient Native American burial ground. She said that when her youngest daughter was a baby, she heard her giggling 
from the baby monitor and went to check on her. She walked in and there was a young child who appeared to be trying to teach her baby girl how to play patty cake while sitting across from her in her crib. (gasps) She said the young child also appeared to have a blue hue to her and Nini's mother had always been sensitive to spirits and did not feel any sort of negative vibes from the room. So she left them to giggle and play and went back to her room. No harm ever came to her daughter, and we asked if she remembered ever playing with the strange little ghost girl, and she told us, she was about four at the time, that the little girl still came to see her once in a while. It was always so strange, yet somehow comforting to me, that it seemed as though two families lived in that house, and Nini's family never felt threatened or scared. I'm sure I'll think of plenty more stories and send them in, as this memory was triggered from hearing one of your previous Sinister Sightings. Thank you, ladies, for all the amazing work you do providing hours of entertainment and laughs for your wonderful creepsters. We appreciate you immensely. Always creeping it real. Love, B. Well, thank you so much, B. You're so freaking sweet. And Adam Sandler said you're not cool if you don't pee your pants. I mean, good one. <laughs> <laughs> I could think of nothing. Oh god. I love how the mom was just like, "Oh, yeah, you know what? There was another blue girl. Blue man group." Well, and of course the mom just let her play because she's like, "Ooh, free childcare." All right. No, that is really cool though. Yeah. We're playing, but we like it. I love that story. I would be freaked, my freak. See, you just peed your pants. I would have shit myself. How long had y'all been friends, and what number of sleepover was this for y'all at the age seven that you were independent and strong enough that you would your friend went to bed without you, and you were just like, oh, cool, let me turn off the TV and go to bed? I'd have been so damn scared at my friend's house at seven by myself, and I'm like, this man was a puppy Hell, I'm still like that. <laughs> right? But I'm overly clingy. <laughs> we know. <laughs> Hence why I'm single. Well, and keep listening, B, because uh, we love that story. We want more memories triggered and you to send more in. This one is called Cleansing Gone Wrong. Hey, girls, I would like to remain anonymous. So what should we call them? Okay, so we had a B just then, like as in B. Arthur. So we need to go with Dorothy. Okay, Dorothy. I wanted to tell you something that happened to me a few months ago. But first, a little backstory. We moved into our home about five years ago, and I'd say about two years ago, we started experiencing strange things. It's a two-story home, and I'd often hear footsteps on the second floor when I'd be up late and no one else was awake or if I was home alone. You could hear someone in the loft area or footsteps coming down the stairs, but when you would go check it out, no one was there. We would often hear knocks on the door, and my niece was terrified walking upstairs alone. My mother-in-law would often hear her name being called and she said that she saw something one time and what she described sounded like a shadow person. Nope. I would say the Our Father prayer and do the sign of the cross with holy water in every room of the house at the beginning of the month, but nothing changed. Then one day my half-sister, whom I hadn't had contact with in a few years, messages me out of the blue saying that she's connected with her abilities and she can see things and she said that she had been doing some cleansings for friends. So I told her all the weird stuff going on in my home and she asked for pictures of the main living area. She commented on my hardwood floors and said give her an hour. 
During that hour, I was scared out of my mind. She was supposed to be cleansing the house, but I had the worst feeling ever. After the hour, I messaged her asking if everything was okay, and she said the negative energy was very strong, and that's why the prayers in holy water didn't remove anything, and she asked for more time. So here I am, waiting for her to finish. I was glued to my husband. He had no idea what was going on at the time. She started the cleanse at 9 p.m. and didn't finish until around midnight. She said everything was good to go and that she prayed for love and light to surround myself and my husband. So on a side note, my husband does not like spooky stuff at all, and he's completely against going to people who have abilities. So I did the smart thing and didn't tell him till after the process was finished. Let me tell you, he was not happy. Well, back to the story. Sorry it's so long. She cleansed the house on a Friday. The weekend was fine with no issues, but the next week was horrible. I had the worst luck ever. Just me, no one else. I was spilling drink in public places. I was falling, hitting my head, and I even crashed my car. I automatically thought about the cleansing, and I had no choice but to express my feelings to my husband, and let me tell you, he had fun with that. I told you so. I roll, I roll, I roll. Anyways, the bad luck continued, and it was just horrible. I was physically in pain. I suffered from a concussion, and it was taking me a while to get my car fixed. Did I mention that we were supposed to go on a 10-day vacation a few weeks after, and I seriously considered canceling it because every day it was something new. I was even afraid to drive. I'm a part of a social media group that has readers and other people who have abilities, so I sought help. I posted what happened and I got a response. Multiple people from the group confirmed that my half-sister, the one who did the cleanse, was jealous of my home and projected her jealousy on me intentionally. The group offered prayers and I have never prayed so much in my entire life. We are Hispanic, so I had my grandma do a cleanse on me with an egg. Not sure if it's been talked about on the show before, but the egg cleanse is usually done on babies who get ojo which is the evil eye. So basically, when someone compliments something or something else and they envy it or they can't stop staring at it, they can give the item or the person ojo. I grew up with my grandmother doing the egg and I was kicking myself in the butt for not going to her first. Grandmas know everything. She did the cleanse. Basically, they rub an egg in the sign of the cross over your whole body and say three Our Fathers and three Hail Mary prayers. When it's done, they crack the egg into a glass cup filled with water and you put the cup under your bed. The bad energy that the egg removes comes out in little spikes on the egg. It's actually very cool. Anyway, my egg was the worst I'd ever seen. My grandma insisted that she do two more cleanses to make sure that all the negative energy was gone. I continued praying and eventually all the bad luck stopped. Thank the Lord because that was one of the worst experiences I've ever had. My husband will not let me live it down. And my half-sister has not contacted me at all. I never ask her about it because I'm afraid of her doing the same thing. I'm always cautious of what I post on social media now, and I'm a little less trusting. Anyways, I hope you like my story. Again, sorry it's so long. Creep it real, girls. Love y'all. Dorothy. Wow. That is so fucked up 
I was wondering about the detail with the hardwood floors. I was like, how does that fit in? Uh, mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, wow. Again, like people who just, you come to them like for help and mm-hmm. then they like screw you over from jealousy, from insecurity, whatever. And it's like, dude. That's so fucked up. You're a half-sister. At least they're good people in the world, like in your social media group. And your grandma. Yeah. This one is my first ghost sighting. Hey, beautiful ladies. I started listening to your podcast about two months ago. I absolutely love it, especially the Sinister Sightings episodes. I listen to your podcast literally every chance I get. I'm not a very good storyteller, but I have faith in your reading to make it sound better than how I write it. (laughs) No pressure, Carrie. I was going to say, we should have gotten Donna to read this Whatever. This story is set over two different visits to the same location. Hopefully, I won't muddle it up for you guys. A few years back, I booked a ghost hunt for me and my friend in an old hospital slash orphanage where we live in Liverpool, UK. My friend had never been on a ghost hunt before, so I was super excited. As I had been on some previous, I felt like I could be braver, even though I'm the biggest wimp on this planet. The night started off quite quiet, with us in a massive group standing in a circle, doing call-outs and introducing ourselves to whatever or whoever might be in the building. Sometime later, we were allowed to split off into smaller groups and go explore more of the hospital. We had sort of buddied up with these three girls from down south of the UK who had traveled up for the hunt. We decided to all make a group of five and venture down to the basement. This is where there was a hospital ward, laundry room, locker room, and staff room. The hospital shut down in 1992 when it became overcrowded after the local lunatic asylum shut down and all the patients got relocated to the hospital. At the end of the longish corridor... There was a doorway with no frame. Above it was a green fire exit sign. The other end of the corridor where we were standing was a doorway to a tiny cupboard-like room. We decided to stand inside the tiny room and shut the door. The door had a square cutout where there was once a window so we could still see down the corridor even with the door shut. We turned off our torches and started to call out. One of the girls was calling out, asking if there was anyone there to please knock. After a few minutes, we started chatting among ourselves when we heard loud footsteps go from left to right above our heads. The sort that would make you stop and listen a bit more closely. After a few more minutes, we heard the exact same style of footsteps right above our heads in the same direction as before. We quickly turned on our torches, flashlights, and started to discuss why the footsteps only went in one direction twice. Dun, dun, dun. A few moments later, we turn our lights back out and start calling out again. But suddenly I felt something, a presence-like feeling to the right of me, which was the door with a gap in it. I looked down the corridor, giving my eyes a chance to adjust. I was looking at the fire exit sign as that was the only source of dim lighting when I noticed the doorway at the bottom of the corridor was blocked by something. I kept staring into the darkness, thinking my eyes were playing tricks on me, when the girl to my left says, Can anybody see anything? I looked around and noticed everyone was looking down the corridor. I could see a lady standing there. 
typical ghost-like fashion in her white dress, uniform I would assume, just standing at the end but far enough away we couldn't truly make out any features. I kept thinking she was going to do a creepy horror movie style run at us at any moment. But after what felt like hours, but was probably around two minutes, we heard the footsteps again, left to right, just as before, which seemed to disperse the spirit and she had gone. I came home and explained to my mom, as she's a massive ghost fan too, but for some reason, I kept getting the vibe that people didn't believe me, and I was so gutted because it was the first and only time I had seen a ghost. I firmly believe it's because I said she was wearing a white dress. As soon as people hear that, I'm sure that's why they don't believe you. So, because I knew I was right and I had seen the lady in the basement, I decided to go back. This time, I took my mom. We went, and the medium who was running this hunt asked if anyone had ever seen a ghost. I didn't say anything, and I kept quiet. He then went on to say he'd been ghost hunting for 25 years and he had never seen a ghost, so don't count on seeing anything. What a bummer. I felt like if I had mentioned what I had seen last time, he would have just poo-pooed it like everyone else. I took my mom down to the basement with our K2 meters, thinking we were Sam and Dean looking for some activity. I should mention, this time we went, there was no electricity at all as a generator had broken, so it was so dark. We got to the doorframe where I had seen the lady, and one of our tour guides came up to us to make conversation. He asked if we had been here before, etc. This time, I told him I had, and I had gotten some activity down this corridor. He said, oh, funny you should say that, because this is where the nurses come. I was like, excuse me? And he went on to tell me how this is the most haunted part of the hospital, and the nurses still come down to do their rounds as if they're stuck in a loop and they don't know the hospital isn't used anymore. Once he explained that it is always a lady in white, I knew I had seen her and my mom soon started to believe me. It's not the creepiest story, but I thought I'd share my crazy little experience. If anyone wants to have a nose at the orphanage, it's in Liverpool. It's called Newsom Park. The building is absolutely incredible, but the council wants to make it flats, which sucks. Anyway, ladies, carry on doing what you're doing as you're both incredible. I probably have like a ton of true crime stories I could send in because Liverpool is like the hub of all crime. Love you both. Peace and love, Nikki. P.S. You can use my name. Uh, Nikki, send in those true crime stories. Yes. I get exactly what you mean. Like when you say she was wearing white and they're like, okay, sure. Was she in period clothing too? You know, kind of thing. Yes. But no, bitch, she was a nurse. Mm-hmm. This one's titled Sinister Sightings. What the fuck happened? Hello, Donna and Carrie. My experience is filled with what the fuck moments and it's lengthy, but it has to be to get the full understanding of what I went through. Picture it. The year is 2008, and I'm driving my 2006 Toyota Corolla on Interstate 66, right outside of D.C. with three of my friends on our way to a concert. We were driving, having a good time, singing, and talking about our lives at 24. Then it started to rain. Side note, I hate driving in the rain. And I didn't want to ruin our trip, so I just kept my mouth shut. Traffic was flowing fine on the interstate, and all of a sudden, everyone started slamming on their brakes. 
Of course, I slammed on my brakes, but I was following way too close to the car in front of me, and so I braced for impact. All of a sudden, I felt my steering wheel vibrating as though I was hydroplaning. The vibration was so hard, it felt as though it was going to break my steering wheel. Then I felt a strange sensation under my feet. I could feel my front wheels being dragged backwards. Just then, I felt the back end of my car being slammed into the road and hearing a loud crack. And I looked into the rearview mirror to see the back end of my car rocking and fully intact. The car behind me stopped a good distance away, so there was no way it could have hit me. I thought, what the fuck just happened? If there are any questions, yes, I felt my car being dragged backwards and I was scared out of my mind. I do not know how that was possible, but I do know that's what happened. I looked at my best friend, who was my co-pilot, and asked her, Did you feel that? She shook her head no and went back to studying the MapQuest directions. I asked my friends in the back seat, since they would have felt the most impact, did they feel something? And they answered in unison, felt what? It felt as though I was being tricked and my friends would have confirmed what I had experienced. Well, that never happened, and I thought I had just been imagining the last 40 seconds of my life. I said a mindful thank you to whoever or whatever helped me, and I tried to forget about that what-the-fuck moment. But that was impossible. Fast forward three years and my mom was having a psychic reading on my grandparents' log house that my mom had inherited. The original house dates back to the late 1790s to the early 1800s. Not sure on the exact dates. And we were having some paranormal experiences that needed some explanation. The psychic, who we will call B, works for a renowned foundation, so I knew she was legit. Also, another B. Right? During the reading, the psychic kept looking directly behind me, and me, being a smartass, asked her jokingly, Do I have someone attached to me? She did not laugh like I thought she would. B just looked at me and said, You do, and I cannot ignore them anymore because they are jumping up and down. I looked over my shoulder and I could feel the blood drain from my face when I did not see anyone behind me. I turned back around and B smiled and asked, Do you know someone who was killed in a car accident? B went on to say that they go by short. I tearfully answered, Yes, that's my grandmother who we call Shorty. Side note, my grandmother was only 4'8", and picture a cute, plump, older Indian woman My grandmother was killed when I was 12 years old by a drunk driver, and her death has always haunted me. B and I talked about my grandmother, and then I tearfully blurted out, Did she help me? Then B looked right beside me and said, With the car? I looked blankly at her and finally said, Yes. I was blown away, and that confirmed my what-the-fuck moment did truly happen. I did not go in detail about that, what the fuck moment, but then B said, my grandmother learned about her strength and learned that she could lift objects when I almost died that day. I had to compose my emotions and then I asked B to repeat what she just said. It is a surreal moment to learn that you almost died and to top that off, a dead loved one saved you. 
Then B went on to say, she saved you because you have so much to offer this world. I started to ugly cry even harder because at that time in my life, I did not feel I had anything to offer the world. B also said, she is always with you because you have psychic abilities and you're the grandchild that is most like her. This confused me, one, because there's 20 other grandchildren, and secondly, I am really her great niece and not a blood grandchild. Side note, my father was adopted by his biological aunt, my grandmother, Shorty, when he was around two years old. B explained that my grandmother loves me and sees me as her blood grandchild, so that's why the universe sees it as well. It was validation to me that I am loved by my father's side of the family, which I truly needed at that time. B also explained that my grandmother stays with me a lot while I drive, because I'm a bad driver. This made me roll my eyes because my grandmother never drove a day in her life and very sad because she was killed by a fucking drunk driver. Since the reading, I have had my hair gently stroked while driving and I have caught glimpses of someone in my back seat. I needed my grandmother's love during the time of the reading and I could feel her love and presence during and after the reading. Since hearing from my grandmother, I feel lighter and happier and I also feel... I'm a much better person. I'm happy that my grandmother helped me during that what-the-fuck moment and that she continues to be with me through my life. I have more stories to share about the haunted log house, UFOs, almost abduction, and of course my abilities. I'll email y'all soon. Keep being amazing and thank you both for letting me share my personal experience. Creep it real, Juliana. Holy crap. Right? That is... Can you imagine just somebody being like, so, yeah, there's somebody behind you, and they're jumping so much, I can't ignore them anymore. Right? Like, what in the Ghost in the Burbs is happening? But it also explains her having abilities, why she felt everything happening, and no one else felt it. That was amazing, and we want all of those other stories. Those also sound super fucking amazing. Okay, this one is A Man and His Dog. Hi ladies, Michelle S. here. I absolutely love the podcast. Y'all are freaking hilarious. Thank y'all for all you do. Here's my creepy story about a house that I lived in. A single mom with two younger children at the time, and we had outgrown our small apartment. While driving around, I noticed a cute three-bedroom house for rent. So I called the number and spoke with the lady regarding the house. She proceeded to tell me that she was very picky with whom she'd rent because of the recent remodel. So I gave her the deposit for the house while she was checking my references. She told me that there had been a fire and that's why it was remodeled. Dumbass me and my paranormal loving self had to ask, did anyone die in the fire? And of course, she said yes. I'm thinking to myself, oh fuck, I'm about to live in a haunted house. And landlady tells me that a man and his dog were staying in the house with his sister and his sister's child. Apparently, the man was an alcoholic and had fallen asleep slash passed out one night while leaving the stove on. Everyone got out of the house, but the man went back inside to get the dog. The man and the dog ended up dying in the fire. So one weekend while my kids were at their father's house, my sister, her boyfriend, a cousin, and a friend helped me move. At the end of the night, everyone leaves, and I'm stuck in this damn house all alone and scared as fuck. 
I decided to have a heart-to-heart with whatever is left in this house. I tell the man that my children and I are living here now and to please not scare my children and that we can all live peacefully here together. That night, I slept in the living room floor with every damn light on in the house. Oh, and the cable person couldn't come until Monday, so my kids' DVDs of the Minions played all night long. There were weird, scary things that happened during the five years we lived there, but nothing too scary. There was always a feeling of being watched, and we would hear footsteps from time to time. One night, my children and I were watching a movie, and suddenly the bathroom door flung open. I played it off as nothing so my kids wouldn't be scared. The washer would also beep as if someone was turning it on. The man never really bothered us, but I would always acknowledge him and beg him please not to scare my kids. My sister has several stories of seeing the man and the dog. I worked the graveyard shift, and she would take care of my kids while I was at work. I'm pretty sure my sister Melissa is a sensitive. Y'all give my sister a shout out, please, and tell her to write in. She has tons of creepy shit to tell y'all. Creep it real, ladies. Love y'all. Michelle S. Dang, Michelle. God, that's so something we would do. Like, so did anybody die? And she's like, yes. And you're like, oh, fuck. Right? Like, oh, can we go back to 10 seconds ago and shout out Melissa? Right in, girl. Mm-hmm. All right. This one is Sinister Sightings at Work. Hey, beautiful ladies. So this is my second time writing in. I know my first email about having dreams before someone passes away was a little short, so I hope this one is a bit longer. Not to mention my first time writing in, I had no idea what to say. So I'm not going to say where I work to keep that private, but it's rumored that where I work in the back room where we keep all of our inventory is haunted. Up until I had my own experiences at work, I didn't believe it. I do very much believe in the paranormal, but I usually put that with old scary houses or old hospitals, but I was so wrong. I heard experiences from coworkers seeing a man in a long trench coat walking around after closing hours, to voices, things falling down on its own, and even the sink being turned on. Now, here's my experience. It was Christmas 2018. I was on my lunch break. Now, to get an idea, here is how our back room is set up. You walk in, the bathrooms are to your right. Then there is another to our inventory room and office. So my managers are closer to the bathrooms, and from where I'm sitting, I can't hear them speaking at all. Neither can they hear me. The break table is about two feet after the office, and no one was in there. I looked up. They were talking about to walk out on the main sales floor. I looked down, heard something whisper my name as if they were sitting right next to me. I kid you not, I near shit my pants to look up and I was all alone in that back room. This is where I started to believe. I got up to look around, of course, and no one, and I mean no one, was in that back room. So my next experience was maybe a couple of months later. I totally forgot about this. I was once again on break. This ghost likes to play games when I'm trying to chill. I had my back turned this time to the doors of the back room. Once again, all alone back there, and if one of my coworkers did this, I would have realized it. So I'm minding my own business on my phone when I felt a burning sensation down my back. I didn't feel this before my break. It literally came out of nowhere. So I itched my back, but it stung to even do that. So I got up. After a break, I had a coworker check my back, where she told me I had three scratches down my lower back. 
this should have been where I quit, right? But ain't no ghost going to stop me from making my coin. (laughs) Everyone around me thought I was overthinking. Maybe I bumped into something, but I'm not that dumb. And I would have known if I bumped into something so hard that it left three scratches on my back. I mean, wouldn't you? Ever since that day, I haven't had any experiences, maybe because I altogether stopped saying that it was a lie. I guess if you don't believe in it, it will torture you until you do. Well, that's my story. I hope you liked it. Don't forget to creep it real. Much love, Sabrina. Wow. Holy Hannah. Mm-mm. That, mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't quit either, but... Uh, I would not take a break in that break room. I'd take a break from that break room. And because I'm super nosy, I just want to know where you work. I'm picturing Michaels. I don't know why. (laughs) All right. Hello. First off, I want to say that I recently found your podcast and I'm in love. The stories are so interesting that I can't stop listening. Anyways, here's my little story. So in 2011, me and my younger sister moved into an apartment for the first time. To be honest, we really thought we were going to have a hard time getting an apartment since we didn't have any renter's history or credit score built up. Yet, we didn't have any trouble getting this apartment. As soon as we moved in, my sister had a weird feeling about the place. She said that it just seemed very old and eerie. I personally never noticed anything weird going on. But then again, I was working full-time and going to school, so I didn't spend much time in the apartment. The only thing I did start experiencing was sleep paralysis, which I never had before. Anyways, my sister, we're just going to gloss over you just started having sleep paralysis? Right? I mean, one episode of that could be a whole sinister sighting. Uh-huh. Anyways, my sister one night told me that she wanted to put cameras in her room. I asked her why, and she said, I don't know. I just have a feeling that someone or something is watching me while I sleep, and I just want to see what the camera captures. I, of course, not wanting her to get more freaked out, told her, no, don't do that. Once you start messing with the paranormal, you are basically asking to get something. In other words, ignorance is bliss. She also told me that she will wake up every night and use the bathroom and always notice the hallway closet door open. I've never seen that happen, so it was hard to believe since that door isn't easy to open on its own. Well, fast forward a couple of months later, and I was hanging out by myself one late afternoon watching Netflix. I think my sister was at work. It was starting to get dark, and I could hear kids playing outside, which is pretty normal since we did live in apartments. As I kept watching my Netflix show, there was a knock on my door. I go open it, and it's one of the little girls that live in my apartments. I said hello, and she automatically asked me if the little girl can come out and play. I was confused since only me and my sister lived there. So I asked her out of curiosity, what little girl, honey? And she said, the little girl from the window and pointed to my living room window. Mm -mm. I was so freaked out that it took me a minute to respond. There's no little girl here and shut the door. Mind you, both my neighbors on my left and my neighbors on my right don't have children either. So the little girl couldn't have confused our windows. To this day, that experience still freaks me out. Yet, I never experienced anything else. But I do now believe my sister that maybe she did feel uneasy for a reason. Dang. It wasn't signed. That's what's so crazy. It's like, people tell you, like, hey, I've had this, you know. Yeah. 
But it's so easy to be like, yeah, okay. When someone, like that little girl asking, can that little girl come out and play? Uh, There's no little girl here. Uh, She up in the window. Uh, Moving out. Right? I mean, what do you even do? Oh, Lord. I'll tell you what you don't do. Call that girl sister-in-law. That's the damn truth. Half-sister, but yes. Yes. Leave it to me. I am a terrible game of telephone. Also, though, like, could you imagine if you did get those cameras, you see a ghost, scary as fuck. Or, even worse, you see a person there. Mm Mm-hmm. That's worse. Either way, your space and your privacy are invaded. Yes. This one is called A Not-So-Sinister Sighting. Hey, ladies, I am writing to you from the lovely Pacific Northwest, land of Starbucks, Flannel, and Ted Bundy. Da da da, Washington State. Here in the upper left corner of the states, we have a rich history of folklore and spooky legends. The gloom tends to allow one's mind to wander. I'll share plenty at another time. This one, though, I call my grandpa sightings. My grandpa passed suddenly over 10 years ago. He was a great man and a driving force in my younger years. Grandpa almost always wore the same thing, big smith overalls and a white t-shirt, usually with some sort of Air Force ball cap. Grandpa also had a white beard and a smile that made everything okay. Over the past few years, I've noticed that when I'm out and about running errands and such, I'll come across an older gentleman wearing overalls and a white t-shirt sporting a white beard. This only happens when I'm having a really rough day. I like to think that this is my grandpa's way of telling me that everything is going to be okay. As silly as it seems, it works. I feel better after my grandpa sightings. The world seems a little brighter. Thanks for reading my rambling story. I'll send some local legends next time. Stay spooky, Jackie H. I totally believe that, and I don't think it's silly at all. All of these are so good. Every time. I know. And crazy, there was so many things with, like, bee in it, you know? Bees, grandparents, like, just always, there is always a, like, cohesive theme weaved in and out thank y'all for sending these in keep them coming aparanormalchicks at gmail.com and remember creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared